Today on Locked On Red Wings, trap game. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked on Tigers. And I didn't want to say it when we were talking about it on Friday's episode, Scotty. And we kind of we kind of danced around, beat around the bush. But I didn't want to say the words trap game. But... I had that feeling inside me like, okay, you're beating two teams that were top dogs in their division on fire this season. And now you're going to face the last place in the Metropolitan Division team. This has, it had, I had that gut feeling that that was going to be a trap game. And what did we see? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't remember the exact wording but we talked about there was a comment we had made on friday's show where we were like you know like this i think we said this shouldn't be a trap game <laughs> i think we were like yeah. you shouldn't like you should just win and like you should you know you, you got you got back to back like big wins and you you really need to just like carry the momentum through and it shouldn't be a trap game and whatnot and then obviously it was and uh i, I don't know man that that, that was a really like the most on brand game of the entire season. Like they played horrible for two periods, amazing for the third and fell just short. And also just like the last two games have perfectly encapsulated it. Cause the, like consistently inconsistent, whether it's game to game <laughs> right. and you're losing to the blue jackets, but beating the Leafs or whether it's period to period and you have two, unbelievably terrible periods against Columbus and then one where you look like comfortably the best team on the ice and almost complete a comeback like the the last two games have just have just perfectly summed up the Red Wings season up to this point yeah I mean this is a game where there is absolutely zero excuses you know we talk about losses where there's positive takeaways and I mean like Oh boy, like we could do, we'll do, I'm sure we'll talk about the third period where they finally pulled it together and were competitive, but there's zero excuses, excuses for a game like this. Yeah. They, they had a day off in between, so you can't say they were tired. Now I know Horonic was day to day and may not, almost didn't play and he ended up being one of the best players in the game. Um, but like, this is one of the worst teams in the league this season and you just flat out underestimated them. That's what it was. I, I firmly believe that the Red Wings were feeling very good about themselves after two wins against very good teams. And they thought Columbus, well, this is a win. And they looked yeah. down on their opponent and Patrick line. made you pay because Patrick line scored a hat trick against you. And he's a, he's a very, very good hockey player, but this is a team that has 13 wins on the season. They have 28 points and you let them put a four spot up on you because you forgot how to play defense. You forgot how to pass. And every, for the first two periods of that game, the Red Wings did not look like a national hockey league team. And that was an embarrassing loss. And it it was like you said, it, it was, 
we can talk about every aspect of the game that it was bad because it was bad, but that was just horrific defense for two periods, man. I mean, that was was uh, like <laughs> unbelievably bad. And I know uh, against Winnipeg, the defense wasn't exactly great either. And we talked about the pros and cons of that game. And they have a, a decently long history this season of – just having to to outscore the other team or Huso just kind of putting the team on his back and not really having a great defensive performance. This for the first two periods was was undeniably horrible. I mean, yeah. The so as far as Vili Huso goes too, we usually are pretty staunch goalie defenders. I mean, we see I feel like we say that every single episode at this point, but he did not look his sharpest either. Now, two of those were backdoor goals, and that goes into our conversation about how piss poor this defense has been. Um, but, you know, the two other goals were, one was a shot that he should have caught. Like, he caught it in his chest but gave up the rebound, and a scramble ensued. And the goal, that puck ended up going in on, like, the fourth attempt by the Blue Jackets. And you could argue that part, uh, part of that, is, justifiably argue that part of that is the defense what are you doing letting them ha- hammer at the puck three or four times? But yeah. also, Huso needs to be better at corralling the rebound. And there was another goal like that where he made the initial save, which is important. And we always say after the initial save, it's on your defense to clear the rebound. But goalies also are trained to control their rebounds and control right. where they go. And he didn't have great rebound control in this game. And so two of those goals, you could justifiably argue as well that Huso wasn't in top form. I'm never going to say Huso is to blame but he wasn't part of the solution in this game where oftentimes most games, he is part of the solution, but this wasn't his best game. It wasn't his goal saved above expected show. He was a negative point, negative 1.51. So he saved one and a half less goals than he should have, according to advanced analytics. How much stock stock you put into that. But I mean, I think it showed, I don't think it was his sharpest game. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously not. I I don't, I don't. Yeah. You could say that about (laughs) pretty much everyone on the roster in this one. Like I it was just a, a, a really a really brutal game and, and an especially brutal two periods for sure. Yeah, and I mean, again, you, you touched on it just now, but the defense. I, in games where they lose, a lot of it has to do with the defense just looking completely lost in their defensive zone, where teams just dominate the offensive zone, their offensive zone, um, and skate circles around the Red Wings' defense. No interruption to the passes. The Red Wings tend to like collapse into the slot but that leaves the defense and the wingers along the boards just free to do whatever they want. The Red Wings are always late to getting the pucks along the boards. The other teams always beat them there. They always beat them in the puck battles. And in this game in particular, two-on-ones were the death of this team. And, I mean, that one comes down to, you you can always talk about, it's an entire team game, right? You can always talk about, okay, how did this two-on-one happen? But the inability to to cover the passing lanes on -on two-on-ones or two-on-twos even, where it's man-on-man basically, Two of those goals were beautiful backdoor goals with nobody watching that guy back door. And Huso, those are the most those are the most difficult goals to prevent as a goaltender when that puck goes all the way across the crease because you have to then go all the way across the crease yourself. And the puck is usually faster than the goalie making a lateral. So I mean, if this team can't figure out how to keep their head on a swivel and look at the options available for the other team, then you're not going to be able to win hockey games. And this has just been we talk about consistently Scott consistency, Scotty and how this team offensively is inconsistent. Well, this is something that has been consistent throughout the entire season thus far. And in terms of massive flaws, 
the team's play in their own defensive zone is just it, they look lost, man. Yeah, they do. And and something that you know in the Toronto game, we talked about how the defense was so good because they really eliminated a lot of shots in the slot and really eliminated a lot of passes in the slot and, and just were really, really good up the middle. And in this game, it was the exact opposite. And that's why you – and not necessarily that every goal came from the slot or the high slot or whatever, but they were just – Columbus was just able to, again, for two periods, any pass across the ice was just uncontested. It, it was incredible. I've never seen – an NHL game in which a team had such ease passing from one side of the ice to the other and just like passing right through the slot with no, uh, just no resistance. That's the word at all. Like it, it really, yeah, really, really brutal. And then if you're allowing easy passes, it's going to be a tough night for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. The team did manage to turn it around, but too little too late. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah. I just noticed your camera got really dark just now. <laughs> it's been happening to me too. I've been constantly adjusting my ring light. Like this no, my lights episode. just went out. Oh, your lights went out. <laughs> you lose, did you lose power? Are you on battery now? Well, if you lost power, you would have lost Wi-Fi connection. Right. Interesting. Well, well, Scotty figures out how to look like he's not in a cave. <laughs> I'll do this. Ad I'm read. still here. <laughs> Our next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. But Athletic Greens, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one, one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network again. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're breaking down the loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, four to three. It was four, it was three to nothing after the first period on like eight shots, it felt like. Four to nothing after the second period, and then they were able to finally turn it around in the third period. Although I would argue a little bit, it, it started a little bit before that in the second period. Uh, they they obviously didn't get the goals, but the game became a little bit more even in the second period. And then in the third period, it was pretty much pure domination, save a few rush chances by Columbus. But we talk about it, and you talked about it in the first segment there, too little too late at that point, man. 
you, you're already down four to nothing. You put yourself into a huge hole and now you have to bank on another huge comeback with one period left to try and dig out of it. And granted, they almost did it. And that third period was exciting. By the end of it, I was on the edge of my seat going, are they going to do this? But they couldn't. No, and, like, we've seen this movie before, like, a, a plethora of times, too. Like, we, we've, we've seen this team uh, come back in the third for multiple goal deficits. We've seen them take it into overtime and steal a point. We've seen them just flat-out win. We've seen four goal comebacks. Like, we've, we've, we've seen this before, and that's, that's great. Like, it's, it's, it's some, there is something to be said for the fact that, you know, the, the last, what, three, four, five years, like this hasn't been a thing, right? Like yeah. during the really the depths of the rebuild. There, there is something to be said about the ability to not cave in and give right. in and battle back. But it right. can't 100%. be. There's, there's something to be said for a, a game never being over with your team, which is great. Um, but you're not going to be a consistent winner in the NHL by just <laughs> coming back once a week. Right. Like you're going to have to, to actual, like, be, just be the better team. Like, <laughs> I know that I'm not trying to be like a captain obvious, but like just the, the, the next step in development, I guess, is my point. Like when, when a team is exiting a rebuild, there's different levels and, and different steps along the way that, that you want to reach uh, with team success. And, and I would say that you're, you're on a, a, a decent one, right? Like there's there, again, there's something to be said for, for being the team that that can come back and, and never just like gets blown out necessarily. I mean, we've seen us get blown out, but everybody does at least a couple of times. So th there's something to be said for that. But the next step is is consistent enough play to where you're not forcing yourself and backing yourself into that corner. No, I, you're you're completely right. You know, the ability to never give in and make those comebacks is a fantastic trait to have when you're a team that's already winning games on a consistent basis right yeah. but if you're trying and they don't I'm, I'm not trying to imply that this is the tactic that they're trying to employ because nobody wants to go down for nothing but you can't bank on that being how you win games it can be it's exciting when you're already an above 500 team able to come back from four nothing down but when you're a team that already loses the bulk of your games and not technically their win percentage is above 500 and they're still on track to finish in the in the wheelhouse of what we deemed a successful season but this is part of the growing pains that this team has to go through is finding oh, sure. that consistency and it is painful uh but you know if we want to try and twist this into some positives again that that the fact that they didn't give in and that they did fight back is great. And it came off, honestly, it started, I said it started to become more of an even game in the second period. Um, but that Olimata goal, that was just pure luck. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of puck luck to really start the engine on the game. Olimata scored off the redirection of their own teammate where he basically just put it in their own net. And then two minutes later, not even two minutes, like a minute, 20 seconds later, Jake Wallman who continues to be on fire his fifth goal of the season intercepts a pass and just rifles at home. He just, he, even though defensively he and cider had their worst, they were the bottom of the team in Corsi four percentage. Um, as this team usually got caved in the first two periods, you know, he continues offensively to produce. And I mean, I tweeted out the other day, I was like, screw it. Hashtag NHL all-star vote Waldman, because he's just been so, playing so well, especially offensively lately. I mean, that's two goals from, your defenseman 
And then if you look at Lucas Raymond's goal, which was a really nice play Dude. as he continues to heat, heat up again, flying under the radar, honestly, on how he's been heating up, but he's been yeah. heating up 13 goals. Now, uh, both those assists, Philip Ronick and Ben Chirot, Chirot, by the way, had a horrible game. Um, yeah, but you know, on all every single goal, defensemen were heavily involved in the play, which is crazy to be like, that's a positive when you look at how the not just the defensemen, but the entire team played in the defensive zone. But it seemed like the only effectiveness the team could garner was in the offensive zone. Yeah, which again, like we're really <laughs> trying to speak positively, yeah. like really badly here, but um like we, we have had times this season where we talked about how the offense was really only effective on the rush or really only effective on special teams. And the fact that even if it is sparked by a defensive pairing, sometimes like the fact that we, we did have a couple of pretty nice moments in the offensive zone and like sets that were actually run instead of, and like maintained possession rather than just a, a rush or whatnot is, is at least something again, like this is, this is really like please find a positive in this type of a, a commentary here, but um, th- there is something to be said for that, and I think that that's why that pairing is going to stay together because uh, they they do help the offensive, and even if the defensive side of things is kind of game to game a little bit inconsistent, at least they're they're so far pretty consistently helping on the offensive side of the puck. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said, we're grasping at straws for positives. Like it was exciting to see their comeback. I was happy they turned it on. I'm happy they didn't give in. But just like the key to this rebuild right now is buying into the system and becoming consistent. Like the team has on paper is much better. There, while a lot of the players who succeeded last year on the stat sheet are replicating that success this year, minus like Bertuzzi, but. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later time. He's in a bit of a rough stretch. but And then the new guys have come in, and they've produced on the stat sheet as well. You know, David Perron has continued to play well, you know, anal- statistically speaking. Uh, he had the best game on Corsi and expected goals four percentage, well over 70%. He had, when he was on the ice, the team had 12 shots, shot attempts four and five shot attempts against. Um, you know, those guys continue to play really well. And that's great to see, but you know, all of that, all of these individual players are, while they're great to have, it doesn't do a lot of good if the individual players aren't meshing well together. And that's, that's the, going to be the biggest hurdle that this rebuild overcomes with a first year head coach who has never been an NHL head coach before. And a lot of new faces on this roster getting them to all come together and become a hockey team to consistently play that system. And, you know, we may find out the system doesn't work. It's way too early to tell still. Um, They have shown improvements in some regards compared to last year, but you know, that to get consistent is going to just take this team, this coaching staff all becoming in sync. And that is something that we still are struggling to get. And that's going to be the biggest hurdle. Yeah, no, uh, we say it all the time. The next step is consistency. That's that. That's what pretty much any team that goes through a full teardown and then a rebuild up goes from consistently bad to semi-consistently bad to semi-consistently good to consistently good. Right? Like I know, and like growth isn't linear, and there's a lot of other steps there in between and whatnot. But if you wanted to make it super simple, 
that would be how it would go. And and right now you're somewhere around the semi-consistently bad to semi-consistently yeah. <laughs> good area. Well, and I'm going to, I'll get into the weeds a little bit here with some of the analytics. You know, I love to bring this shit up. Um, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> the heat map. This is so in the second tail end of the second and all the third, the Red Wings dominated the shot attempts where they, they just, I think they had like 65% share of the shot attempts in the third period at even strength. But if you can look at this heat map here, you can see that the Red Wings never really had quality shot attempts. A lot of the time you look at the heat map, the Red Wings in the slot were almost non-existent besides Lucas Raymond's one goal that he scored on that beautiful backhander they really didn't get a lot of shots from inside the circles. Meanwhile, the Columbus Blue Jackets heat map is pretty much the entire entirety of the inside of the dots area in the Red Wings zone. And three of their full four goals, oh, look at that. Actually, I mean, right. all four of their goals came from the left side. But three of those four goals came from, I don't know, back door. Like, it's great that they turned it around and started shooting the puck a lot in the third period, but they still didn't have a lot of quality shot attempts. The only, only shot that the only goal that they had that was a quality shot attempt was probably uh, Lucas Raymond's backhand, like from right in there, you know, Jake Wallman turned it over and he took a shot from high in the circle. I think that's this one right here is his. So I guess you could argue too. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a downer, but like Olimata's goal, that was just pure luck. So while it's great that they turned it around and they were generating a lot more shot attempts, they still were having trouble getting into the high danger areas. Yeah, and they, when they did get in the high danger areas, it paid off in Wallman and Raymond's goals. So yeah, it's just pretty much no like shots from the wings in like all of the high danger slots. And then defensively, that was one of the ugliest opponent shot maps I've, I've ever seen. That was horrible. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Now I wouldn't say it was some of the, I can remember the other day, when they played, was it the Jets? And it was like five plus shot attempts. Was that deep end? And yeah, it was all inside. Game was, was yeah, that was rough too. That was they rough. were able to outscore their way in that one. Like, I'm not going to come out here and say that's the worst game they've played all season. Dirk Lulon already said the game against the Jets was that game. Uh, <laughs> the game they won, which well, we keep this joking. This game about. hasn't happened yet, to be fair. But this game was very bad uh, yeah. for the bulk majority of it. And, you know, hopefully they can come out on Monday and play much better against the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, which we will preview. In the next segment. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the National Hockey League se- uh, regular season. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That online where the game starts. Segment three, locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, Monday night, the Red Wings are playing the reigning Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche. They. That's why we really wanted to win against Columbus. (laughs) We really want that three games uh, winning streak. But if you look at the bright side, you're trying to pull a silver lining. I'm, I'm an optimist. 10. I try to be an optimist at least. Maybe that loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets will really fire them up to come out and play hard against the Avalanche. Now, the Avalanche are fourth in the Central Division, but don't think they're having a down year. A lot of the reason why they're down in the standing is because a lot of their key players have been injured. They've lost a lot of guys to injury, but since McKinnon's come back, 
they have been slowly climbing the standings. Now they were like six the other day. Now they're already up to fourth, 21, 17, and three. They're they still a threat, man. Chicago. They did lose to Chicago. Well, we lost to Columbus Blue Jackets, so what does it matter? <laughs> I wasn't comparing. I was just stating an objective truth. We are not the reigning Stanley Cup champs either, Brian. I wish we were. <laughs> I wish yeah. we were. But, yeah, man, I looking at the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets. Can't get them out of my head. They live rent-free. Rent uh, Colorado Avalanche. Miko Rantanen, 53 points in 41 games, one goal away from a 30-goal season already. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon. Since coming back from injury in 30 games played, 43 points. Who would have guessed he's good? Kale McCarr, 40 points in 41 games. People are saying he's having a, a down year because he's a point per game. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's a defenseman who's a point per game right now. It's just yeah, – it's, it's insane. I can't imagine people, being that good at something where I can be still the best in the league at it production-wise. And people <laughs> – just are like, yeah, it's a down year, dude. Their goaltending is still strong. Alexander Georgiev in 30 games played as a 9.15 save percentage. Granted, his goals a game are a bit, a bit up there at 275. But, you know, the defense has been a little bit defensively for them. Not that good. But well, that's where a lot of their injuries were early on, too. That's yeah. exactly it. They're still fifth in the league at Corsi four percentage guys at even strength. So it's like, I mean, it's still the abs dude. Yeah. Like, it's still the you abs. know, th this is always a fun game for Detroit just because like of the rivalry and whatnot. But yeah, like this is, this and is it will be at LCA. Right. This is still, this is still like one of the, the best teams in the NHL and one of the best rosters in the NHL with some of the biggest star power in the NHL. Like this is certainly uh, going to be a, a tall task and I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to third period come back from, from uh, a deficit against this team. No. And I mean, this is a loaded question, Scotty. And that's why I'm going to ask you it. Cause I don't want to answer it. How do you beat right. this team? How do I beat them? Yeah. How do you beat the Colorado avalanche? Let's try you and be play defense. Like you did against Toronto. And you play offense like you have for the last three games. Offense hasn't really been the problem for the last the last three or four games. And I know they've they've won a majority of those games too, but like the, the biggest thing with this this wings team, it consistently on a night to night, you know, sometimes the offense will just turn off and we talk about that, the inconsistency of the team. But the 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 consistent thing about this team is the uh the the when they lose, it is almost – it is much more the defense's fault than the offense, I would say, on a night-to-night -night basis. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that you you got to – we've seen it. We've seen you play really good defense against a really good team. We've, we know it's possible. We know it's in there. It's getting but, to the point in the season where it just feels so repetitive. I mean, yeah, keep because asking this team to do the same thing. I mean, we, we have a big enough sample size now. Like, we know what this team is, and and we we certainly know what our opponent's team is as well. Like, yeah, I mean, we're everything that we usually say, like the things that you usually do poorly, like try to do them well. The the Avs aren't very good in the faceoff circle this year. Maybe that's something you can take advantage of, but. Uh, yeah, you're going to need to take advantage on special teams and you're going to need to play defense against a really, really good offense, which, I mean, again, we, we've seen them do all those things before, just not really on a consistent basis. So. <laughs> and it's like the one game where that does all come together, you still manage to lose, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, the Colorado Avalanche are favorites at home 
or at, on the road, I should say, Red Wings are at home. And that says a lot about, you know, how people view this matchup. Uh, the over-under in this game, Scotty, is set to six and a half, which is a half goal higher than normal, but that's because Colorado Avalanche are a high-scoring team. The Red Wings have been scoring a little bit more in their more recent games, and they're giving up quite a few goals. I mean, yeah. outside of the Toronto Maple Leafs game, you gave up five against the Toronto Maple Leafs, or Winnipeg Jets in your win, and then you gave up th- four against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're expecting this to be a high-scoring game, and but it's pretty much a dead-even split, though. There's it's minus 104 odds on bet online for the over and minus 106 odds for the under. And that would technically, I think, make the under the favorite. But I, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. It's going to be. I don't know what to want to take on this one. This would be tough. I'll take the over. See, I want to say take the over as well. But I feel like the Colorado Avalanche can be so suffocating that the Red Wings aren't going to get many scoring opportunities on their own. And so unless I'm expecting the Wings to score like one and the Avalanche to score six, which, I mean, is possible knowing the Avalanche, uh, it's tough, man. I think for the sake of argument, I'll take the under. It feels like anytime, and it, it is minus 106, but the over is minus 104. So even though it's like negligible, I don't know, man, it's tough. I'm thinking that this is uh, it's going to be one of those ones that could go completely either way. I'll take in terms the of the scoring. No, I'll take the under. Make it more interesting. All right. Uh, oh, Alex Nedeljkovic, six games played in the Grand Rapids. Shutty. Yeah, shutout. He's got a 920 save percentage. I think his record's like kind of 500-ish, but he's been playing really well. The Griffins just sucked this season. The I think Verona got scratched again and is part of the veterans rule. But yeah, that's two games in a row? I don't know if it was in a row. I, I haven't been keeping a close eye. Maybe gonna... two of their last three or something. Yeah, it's, it's two in pretty short order. Uh, and they both are claiming veterans rule, yeah. But it's – I am starting to get concerned over that situation. And I think that concern is justified. And it's just, you know, you can't – you don't want to speculate because that's wrong. But, like, there are, like uh, – like, I'm, I'm getting concerned you know, about that situation for sure. I was very optimistic about the situation going into it because it's like, we don't have any proof. So this is probably like the most, this is what we know. So this is what I'm going to go off of. But now it's just like, oh man, I'm nervous. I'm, I really want Verona back in the team. I want him back full strength, but I, I get there's the veterans rule, rule thing. But if you're playing, if you have Jacob Verona, you would think that he'd be a guy you're like always playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you. I mean, again, I got who knows. I won't speculate. I'm just saying I'm getting nervous. Yeah, who knows what's going on down there? But yeah, it's it's certainly something that everyone uh, has now noticed and is and is talking about, and understandably so. It's definitely a, a storyline that continues to produce head scratching moments, and one that I don't want to have to follow. <laughs> like I want to be able yeah. to move on from the Verona thing. I want him back on the team. For but, sure. I mean, we'll continue to keep an eye on it for sure. And then whenever we have concrete updates for you guys, we'll talk about it. But again, we will not speculate outside of what we factually know because that situation is very sensitive. So yeah. we will be back on Monday. With a, well, this is Monday's episode. We'll be back Tuesday. With, uh, we'll be we back record tomorrow, on, We record... <laughs> The day Just before, say tomorrow, guys. dude. Just say tomorrow. No, we'll be back Tuesday. Any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. All right.
Same time, same place. It's your team every but day. online.